Hello, I'm Dr. Rongan Chatterjee. Welcome to my Built to Thrive podcast. And today is the last in our series on sleep. And I'll be talking about creating the best bedtime routine possible for a restorative night's sleep. But first, I want to briefly mention napping. I'm often asked about naps. And I think that short naps can be incredibly good for you. I recently spoke to the sleep coach, Nick Littlehales, on my long-form podcast, Feel Better, Live More. Now, Nick works in elite sports. He's also the author of the book, Sleep. He's worked with high-profile teams like Manchester United and Team Sky. And he's the person who introduced napping at top-flight football clubs in the 1990s. Working with Alex Ferguson, he implemented napping in between the morning and afternoon training sessions at Manchester United. And rather than having the players lying around on sofas and playing games, he devised sleep rooms for the players to have micro-sleeps. What they quickly noticed was that the players who napped had increased physical and mental performance. They were running faster and were more alert in the afternoon than those who didn't. According to sleep experts, you only need a nap of around 10 to 30 minutes to boost your moods and energy levels and to curb daytime sleepiness. Please don't think it's lazy to take a nap. Scientists have shown that short naps not only improve cognition and help your memory, but also help lift your moods. Now, if your naps are getting in the way of your ability to sleep at night, you might want to reconsider. But often that comes to napping for too long and too late in the day. So if your lifestyle does give you the opportunity to take a nap in the day, and I fully appreciate that not everyone's lifestyle does, give it a go. See how you feel. What happens when you have a 20-minute or 30-minute nap at 1 p.m.? Do you feel better afterwards? Does it impact your sleep? These are all things that you can experiment with. So instead of saying napping is either good or bad, we can start to answer the question, is napping good for us? So let's now move on to the evenings, right? I mentioned earlier in this week that a good night's sleep starts in the morning by exposing your eyes and your body to natural light. But what you do in the evening is really important as well. And I think a good bedtime routine can be so, so beneficial. It can help your brain to separate the day from the night. It helps to relax you, hopefully, into a deep sleep. Now, bedtime routines can vary. They depend who you are and what you like doing. But Really, you want to think about calming, relaxing activities in the hour before bed, like taking a warm bath, reading, journaling, or meditation. We're all creatures of habits, and it really helps your brain reorganize when it's time for sleep if you have a routine. So have a think about your own bedtime routine. And in a moment, let's see if we can tweak it a little bit to make it work better for you. Now, many people ask me, what do I do? Right, so like many people, I have a busy job, I'm married, I've got two young children, and the truth is that sometimes life does get busy and I can't always stick to my ideal nighttime routine. But by and large, I do. As I mentioned earlier on this week, I tend to be in bed by half eight or 9 p.m. and I tend to get up by 5 a.m. That's what works well for me. So what does my evening look like? Well, I had two young kids and we normally try and have our evening meal around 5.30 p.m. My wife, myself, will eat with the kids. We'll have dinner at the same time as them. And as you may have heard me say a couple of weeks ago in the Gratitude Week, we have a little gratitude game that we all play together. That's just a small thing that starts to put me out of work mode. And it's a relaxing nighttime mode. 
After dinner, I try my best not to do any work. Now, it's not always possible. Sometimes I do have to jump onto my computer, do some emails, or take care of a few things, but I really try my best not to. I try and read to my children before they go to bed. And one thing I tend to do, especially now in the UK as it's getting colder and darker, is as I'm putting the kids to bed, I'm also running the bath at the same time. So I finish up putting the kids to bed and I go straight to the bath. And what's great about the bath for me is that it naturally stops me from doing other things that would get me amped up and stimulated. You know, I generally don't take my phone into the bath with me, so I'll often have a book or I'll light a candle and just sort of chill and relax there. Once I've left the bathroom and put my pyjamas on, I feel so tired, I often just go straight to bed. So that's kind of my ideal evening, but that doesn't always happen. But generally speaking, I will try my best not to look at screens in the hour or hour and a half before bed. If I do, I will wear my blue light blocking glasses, but usually what I will do is read in bed next to a dim bedside lamp. Now, as I said earlier this week, I think the most important thing is that you find a routine that works for you. Don't stress if you can't do the same thing every day. I appreciate some of us are shift workers and we have to alter our routines depending on what day it is. That's completely fine. These are all best practice, but I understand that life is not optimal. We can't always apply the things in the way that we want to, but hopefully some of those tips you will find useful and think about applying them into your own life. Think about what are the relaxing activities you can do in the hour before bed. It could be listening to music, a bit of yoga, it could be reading. And something we've not really focused on this week, but I do want to mention is try and avoid heavy meals before bed. Ideally, you want to stop eating two to three hours before bed if you can, I know it's not always possible, but again, this is something you can experiment with and see what happens. If you eat earlier, you'll often find that your sleep is much, much deeper. Another tip to mention is try and avoid vigorous exercise for a few hours before bed. We know for many people, this can get your heart rate going, it can stimulate you, and you can find it hard to sleep afterwards. Taking a hot bath or hot shower before bed can really help. And my final but probably one of the most important tips is to let your close friends and family know what time you go to bed. Because I go to bed so early, 8.30 or 9 p.m., I have to tell the people around me, don't call me at 8, half 8, 9, because I'm going to be in bed. It could take a bit of time, but you can educate those around you and it can make a really big difference. So have a think about some of those tips. Have a think about some of the tips I mentioned earlier in the week. How can you make sleep a priority in your own life? And of course, as I mentioned in Monday's episode, if you are a new parent or you have young children and you are struggling with your sleep, please try not to worry too much. But even 10 or 15 minutes extra sleep each day adds up and will make a big, big difference. If you want more tips on sleep, there are plenty of them, along with explanations in my first two books, The Four Pillar Plan and The Stress Solution, both of which are available to order on Amazon and in all good bookshops. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a good night's sleep and a great weekend. And I'll hopefully see you back here on Monday.